0: If you want to hear this morning's 9 a.m. message, go ahead and get it. It was a good one. Amen? But I'm inspired to preach on the name of Jesus this morning. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Let's look over at John chapter 16. And uh, we'll look at verse 23 and verse uh, 24. And uh, I'll wait just a moment until you can get there. John sixteen twenty-three and 24. Amen. Amen. Of course, Jesus is speaking. And he said, and in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Truly, truly, I say unto you, whatever, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto or up till now, have you asked nothing in my name? He says, ask And you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now, I want you to notice in verse 23 in the Amplified Version, if we could. Notice what it says here in the Amplified. He says, and when that time comes. How many of you know we're in that time right now? You will ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you. Most solemnly I tell you that my Father will grant you. Mm -hmm. He will grant you whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. So what is in this name, this name of Jesus? Number one, there's answered prayer in his name. For whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Has there ever been a time in your life where you needed your prayer answered? Aren't you glad that you have access to the throne of grace, to the Father's throne, through the name of Jesus? Amen. The name of Jesus gives you entree, it gives you access into all of heaven's resources. You simply come humbly and reverently, holding forth the word of life, and come to the throne of grace, declaring, Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, and I ask you in the name of Jesus, and then you let your requests be made known unto God. God desires to answer your prayers. If you come properly, and if you come in the proper protocol, according to the Word of God, through the name of Jesus, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. So there's answered prayer in the name of Jesus. And there are grants given in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, in the natural realm, people would apply for grants, perhaps for their nonprofit corporation, or they would apply for grants for something in their life or something in their business. A grant is something that is given. But oh, there's no grants like God's grants, there's no grants like our Father's grants. He will grant it to you. My Father is giving grants to his children through the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus said this. He said, what things soever you desire. Do you have any desires today? Do you have any desires today? He said, what things soever you desire. He said, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. Amen. So whatever you desire, go before the Father in the name of Jesus, based on the Word of God, believing, receiving, and you shall have them. So there's answered prayer in the name of Jesus. You know, it's wonderful to to think about things and think how things could be. But I believe in taking it a step further and going to the throne of grace, amen, and asking the Father to do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's answered prayer in his name. Hallelujah. And then there's joy in his name. Look back at John 16, verse 24. John 16, 24. He said, up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive. That what? Does our Father who gives grants want your joy to be full? Or does He want us to go through life with our nose to the ground and with our head down? No, I believe that He is the glory and the lifter up of our heads. I believe that he is a God of joy and Jesus is the Lord of joy. And when you go to the father in the name of Jesus, believing and receiving, he says, your joy is going to get full. Amen. Hallelujah. All oh, the joy of answered prayer. There's joy in his name. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. His joy will strengthen you. Up till now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Has anyone gone to the Father in the name of Jesus and received an answer to their prayer? What was your response to that? It was joy. Amen. And you know something about the joy of the Lord? You can express joy before the manifestation comes. You can just get happy all day long, keeping your eyes on Him, singing a new song, knowing that the Lord is good, knowing that He's on your side, and knowing that He's working on your behalf. I'm telling you, when it looks like nothing is working, He's a-working. Say it with me, He's working, He's working, He's working, He's working. So there's answered prayer in his name, and there's joy in his name. Then look back at John chapter 14, and notice with me in verses 13 and verse 14. Now John 14, verses 13 and 14... May look like it's talking about answered prayer, but it really is talking about taking your authority and taking your dominion as a child of God in the name of Jesus and demanding the enemy to desist and to cease in his maneuvers against your life. Notice this. And he said, I will do myself, I will grant whatever you ask in my name, as presenting all that I am, so that my Father may be glorified and extolled through the Son. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says this, yes, I will grant myself, will do for you, whatever you ask. Now look at that word ask. Everyone say ask. Now what that word ask there means, that word ask means demand. Demand as your right, demand as your privilege, as an heir of God, as a joint heir with Jesus Christ, as a child of God. Whatsoever you shall demand in my name as presenting all that I am. Now, we do not go around demanding God. God is not to be demanded. God is to be worshiped. The Father is to be reverenced. The Father is to be honored. But what the Father is saying to us through this word here is there's authority. In my son's name. There's authority in the name of Jesus. There is power of demanding rights for a child of God to command Satan and all of his demonic forces to stop and to desist in his maneuvers against our... Whatever you demand. So, if something is going on in your life that needs to be stopped... It is not the Father's responsibility, nor is it Jesus' responsibility to take their authority. Because that authority has been transferred to the church. That dominion has been given to every born-again child of God. You are authorized in His name. Say with me, I have authority. In the name of Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And he says this, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In Matthew 28, he said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. And then he says, go ye therefore. So that authority, that dominion over all of the demonic forces, over all the things that come to your life to try to stop you, torment you, make you feel like less than the least. All that authority is in his name and his name belongs to you. His name belongs to me. I say this on a regular basis. That Jesus gave me authority to use his name. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind the principalities. I bind the powers. I bind the rulers of the darkness of this age. I bind and cast down spiritual wickedness. And I render them harmless, ineffective against me, my family, the ministry, the church. In the name of Jesus. Authority has been given, but for authority to take its full force, it must be exercised by the one that has been authorized to use it. Say with me, I've been authorized to take the name, to utilize the name, to bind up anything. That comes against my life. So there's answered prayer in his name. There's joy in his name. There's authority in his name. Hallelujah. Thank God. His name is above every name. Now, turn over to Proverbs chapter 18. And let's notice in verse 10. What is in this name? Proverbs 18:10 The Bible says, "The name of the Lord is what? I'm glad he didn't say the name of Jesus is a weak, wimpy tower. No, the name of the Lord. <laughs> who, glory to God, is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it. And they're just open pray for the enemy to do whatever he wants to do. No, thank God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into that name and they are safe. I'm telling you, there's safety in the name of Jesus. There's protection in the name of Jesus. As the righteous run into this name, they are the safest of the safe. How many of you know that in the world in which we live, there's going to be all sorts of tribulation. There's all going to be all sorts of trouble. There's going to be all sorts of opportunities for us to fail. But you can live safe in an unsafe world. You don't have to be afraid to get on a jet because some idiot might have a bomb in his underwear. You don't have to be afraid to get on a jet and some idiot have a bomb in his shoe. Amen. Now, number one, if you're led by the spirit, you won't get on a jet like that. But number two, even if you did, it won't go off. Why? Because if you're living right, if you're living consistently righteous, the name of the Lord is your strong tower. And in Him you live and move and have your being. And He will make you the safest of the safe in an unsafe world. Somebody says, well, I just wish I could believe that. Stop wishing and start believing. Say the name above every name. It is my strong tower. I have right standing with God and I run into the tower and I'm the safest of the safe. You know, back in those days, they would have cities and the cities had walls around them. And when the enemy would come from the outside, the enemy would have to penetrate the wall and get over the wall. And what they had in the middle of most of those cities was a huge tower. And that tower was a place for safety. And so they'd look out and they would see that the enemy was coming. And so they would call the whole village or the whole city, if you will, into the tower. And they would climb to the top of the tower. And they were ever so safe. And they would look down from that high place in the tower down below on their enemies. And their enemies could not penetrate the tower because they left the tower completely safe and completely locked. And the enemy would try to get them to come down out of the tower onto the ground. But from their high place in the top of the tower, they would look down on their enemies. And they'd go, no, 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 you can't get me. And you and I, we've been raised up together. And we've been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated with him in high places. And the enemy is down here below. The Bible says that he is under our feet. He is a defeated foe. If you've got a message for the devil, write it on the bottom of your foot. Hallelujah. He is the most low. We are in the most high. Seated with Him. Amen. But the enemy's trick is, is to try to get you out of the tower. To try to get you from that high place. Don't you know you got bills down here? Here's your doctor's report from last week. Don't you know you've got this going on? All designed... To get you out of your place in Christ, thinking on things below. But oh, those that are in right standing with God, they set their affection on things above. They're not moved by what's below. They're moved by what they believe. They're moved only in Him. Amen? So say it with me. There is safety in His name. So what have we found out? Number one, there's what in His name? Answered prayer in his name. Number two, there's joy in his name. Number three, there's authority in his name. And number four, there's safety in his name. Now let's go over to Acts chapter 3 and let's look at verse 1. Acts the third chapter. Acts chapter 3 verse 1, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's room was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Verse 3, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter said, Such as I have give I thee. Well, where did he get it from? He got it from the Master. That authority that was in the name was transferred to the church. And Peter said, such as I have, I'm given to you. Now notice verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. The next one we want to look at is there's healing in his name. There's strength in his name. For weakness, there's strength. For sickness, there's health in His name. The Bible says that He immediately received strength in His ankle and His bones. And He, wasn't, he didn't stop there. And He, leaping up, stood and walked, entered into the temple, walking. He was... Walking and leaping and praising God. He was walking and leaping and praising God. I believe that's the way some of you are going to go out of here this morning. You're going to walk in one way, but you're going to walk out another way. You're going to be walking and leaping and praising God. Because your body is being touched by God's power. Hallelujah. Say it with me, there's healing in His name. And the word of God says in verse nine, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto them. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered the people, he said, You men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? Or why are you looking so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness he had made this man to walk? He said, It's the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob. The God of our fathers has glorified his son Jesus, which you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, which he was deli- determined to let go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murder to be granted unto you. And he goes on and on and talks to them and he tells them to repent. And he tells them, look, that it is not my name that made this man strong. In verse 16, I want you to read that with me. Read verse 16. Ready, read. And his name, through faith in his name... "...has made this man strong, which you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all." Notice with me, it was faith in his name. Faith in his name. The name of Jesus is not to be carried like a good luck charm. Like you'd carry a rabbit's foot. But the name of Jesus is worthy of our honor. The name of Jesus is worthy of our faith. And so he said, it's not my name. It's not my own holiness. It's not my own right living. But it is faith in his name that made this man strong. Now, I wonder this morning if anybody weak in their body could be made strong through faith in his name. I just wonder today. If not only the pastors exercise their faith, but if all of us together exercise a corporate faith, I just wonder if weakness wouldn't just leave this building. I just wonder if cancer wouldn't leave this building. I'm talking about a corporate faith. I'm not talking about just the faith of you and the faith of me. I'm talking about all of us putting our faith together, if you will, in the hat. Amen. And believing God together corporately for anything of the curse, for anything of the enemy to be removed out of people's lives. Amen. Say it with me. His name, his name. Through faith in his name. Bring strength. Brings Brings healing. healing. And brings soundness. soundness. Now notice this verse again in verse 16. He said, in his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him. What? Has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all of you the next thing I want to say about the name there's perfect soundness in his name when I think of soundness I think of the word peace and I think of the word shalom we know that the word shalom means peace one person said that the word shalom means nothing missing and nothing broken Listen, when there is nothing missing and nothing broken in my life and in your life, we could say that there's perfect soundness. Soundness. Doesn't that sound good? To be sound? To be whole? It's in His name. It's through faith in His name that we can attain and receive perfect soundness. What would perfect soundness in a person's mind be like? Perfect soundness in in a person's mind would be the absence of fear. It would mean the absence of torment. How many of you deal with fears? All of us deal with fears. It's how you deal with fears that determines your outcome. We're all going to deal with fear. Fear is a spirit, and fear is in this world. It's very prevalent in the world, is it not? And fear will knock on your door. And fear will tell you anything and everything contrary to this word. Amen. Somebody says, how do you know that, Pastor? I'm well experienced in dealing with fear. Amen. But when a person's mind is sound through the name of Jesus... And through the Word of God, that means even though fear comes, fear does not overcome. Even though torment comes, torment does not overcome. Even though terror comes, we refuse to be terrorized because the Prince of Peace lives in us. And so the absence of fear and torment is the equivalent of having soundness in your soul. How many of you know that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body? Say that with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul soul. made up of my mind, my my will, will. and my my emotions, and I live in a physical body. Now, in your spirit, how many of you know that you're complete? In Colossians 2.10, it says you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. But when you're born again, you realize that you still have the same body you had before you were born again. I mean, if you were gray-headed when you got born again, you're going to be gray-headed after you got born again. If you had a pug nose before you were born again... You're going to have a plugged nose after you were born again. Unless, of course, you have a facelift or get some dye on your hair. Amen? And that's where he tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Amen? Which is our reasonable service. Because you probably already discovered that your body is nuts. And your body will want to do the same things that it did before you were born again. But that's why we are to keep our body under, come on somebody, and present it to God as a living sacrifice. Amen. Amen. So our body is the same, but we can do something with our body. And our mind is the same, but we are instructed to do something with our mind, which is made up of our will and our emotions. What are we to do with our mind? Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, your mind can be renewed. Your mind can be restored. Your mind can be converted. That means it can be changed. Now, before you were saved, your mind was on a track. It was on a course. It was on the course of this age, if you will, or it was on the course of this world system. You thought like the world. You feared like the world. Every time the flu would come to town, you'd be afraid you were going to get it. And sure enough, you did. You know, all of these things are programmed or in the course of this world's system. Now, when you got born again, you changed families. Amen. I said, when you got born again, you changed families. You were delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And in his kingdom, there's a new way of thinking. In his kingdom, there's a new way of walking. In his kingdom, there's a new way of talking. In his kingdom, there's a new way of of having peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. But To tap into that soundness, we must apply ourselves unto understanding and apply ourselves unto wisdom and keep the word of God before us day and night. This word shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Amen. If you want to have a sound mind and success in your soul, Amen. you need to get your mind renewed, That's right. renewed, restored, and converted. And there is soundness. Come on, say it with me. There's soundness. There's wholeness. There's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. In His name. Now go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And look at uh, verse 7. Notice with me in the amplified version. Amen. Answered prayer. Grants given joy, safety, authority, healing, strength, soundness, all by faith in his name. Say it with me. I have faith, I have faith. In, the in the name of Jesus. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. I want you to read this with me. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. Aren't you glad of that? You know, that's something to get happy about. You know what that means? You're not a wimp. You're not timid. Amen. You can't be bullied by the devil. Because you're not afraid of the devil. You're no longer weak. You're strong. But what has he given us? Let's read it. But he has given us a spirit of power and a love and of a calm and well balanced mind and discipline and self-control say with me, my mind is my mind and my mind is not imbalanced my mind is well balanced now I know some of your relatives told you you were crazy and I know some of you acted like you're crazy but you ain't crazy, according to the BIBLE. You have a well-balanced mind. Say it with me, I have a well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So look at this again, in Acts three verse 16, look at this. Acts 3:16, "And his name through faith in His name. Has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yep, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness. Where? In the presence of you all. Now, how many of you know that Peter and John got teamed up on by the religious leaders of that day? They did not want them to speak at all, to teach at all. Or to even mention his name anymore at all. And what they did is they put them in a place of prison. And they beat them. And they told them, that's it. No more. Now look at Acts chapter 4. In verse 8. The next thing I want to say, that there's boldness in his name. There's boldness in his name. In verse 8 of Acts 4, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If this day we are examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and then he says, whom you crucified, Whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Don't you know that grated him? Don't you know that got him upset? But it didn't stop Peter from being bold. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that this old world is bold in the wrong direction. If they're bold enough to declare this and to declare that, if they're bold enough to do this, to do that, to say this and say that, we ought to be bold in Him for our faith in Jesus. It's like Apostle Paul said, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He said, because it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen, friends, we can be bold toward the enemy... And we can be bold toward men. In Proverbs 28, he says this, that the righteous are bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. Amen. That's the will of God. I remember the story of John Osteen being in an elevator. And he was going up and there were some people in the elevator that were using the Lord's name in vain. And they were swearing and cussing and they were saying all sorts of vulgar and dirty things. And John Osteen just lifted up his hand and started saying, thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. They look stunned. He says, I demand equal time. You don't have to be afraid to stand up for your faith. Amen. You don't have to be in the frayed in the lunchroom to stand up for your faith. You don't have to be afraid in the warehouse to stand up for your faith. You don't have to be afraid at school to stand up for your faith. If they tell you you can't pray, pray all the more. Pray all the stronger. Pray all the bolder. Amen? Glory to God. We are not of them that are backing off in this day and this hour. We're moving up strong and we're getting full of His power and full of His glory. Be bold in the name of Jesus. See, Peter got bold. You can be bold to proclaim his name. Now notice with me. He said, be it known unto you and all the people of Israel, verse 10, that by the name of Jesus Christ, what name? name He said, you crucified him, but God raised him. Even by him does this man stand before you whole. There's wholeness in his name. And then he said in verse 11, this is the stone... Which the builders, which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And verse 12 is what I want you to see. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Let's keep that verse up here. Read it again. Neither is there salvation in any other. In other words, there's no deliverance. There's no healing. There's no safety. There's no preservation. There's no well-being in any other. How many of you know that Buddha cannot save? Muhammad cannot save. Now, we have a mosque a mile from our home. And on Friday afternoon, I'm telling you that mosque is hopping. And they're in there praying to a dead God. They're in there praying to Allah. Deceived. And many of them good people. But thoroughly deceived. Thinking that their works are going to bring them to a state of salvation. It doesn't work that way. Jesus said this. He said, I'm the way. He said, I'm the truth. Is, I am the life. Salvation doesn't come by Confucius. As good of a man as Gandhi was, salvation didn't come through Gandhi. Salvation doesn't come through chanting. Salvation doesn't come through your good works. Salvation only comes by faith in the name, which is above every name. And His name is Jesus. The true way, the true life, the true light, the true Savior. That's the only way. To get into heaven. Good works are awesome. Giving is awesome. Serving is awesome. And it's things that we should do. But it is faith in His name that brings salvation into a person's life. And it's just as easy as that. Read it with me again. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby... Ooh, glory. No other name. His name is Jesus. Hare Krishna can't save you. Sun Young Moon cannot save you. I can remember back in the 70s, I went out to Rama to check out Rama before I'd met Brenda. And when I met Brenda, I really wanted to go to Rama. But I was traveling on old 35W. I grew up in Minneapolis, and my parents let me have their car. And I drove all, all the way down to Tulsa from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And on the way back, I stopped in Iowa at a truck stop to get some gas and get a little food. And there were some Krishnas there. And these Hare Krishna guys, you know, they had these ponytails and everything. And they were and they were trying to tell me about Christian. I said, oh, no, no, I'm not interested. I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and then they tried to get money from me. They went right from trying to get me into their cult into getting some money out of my pocket. And I said, oh, no, 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 I can't do that, won't do that. They ended up cussing me out. They ended up cussing me out, Jimmy. I'm thinking, dear God, I wouldn't want to serve their God. Cussing me out in the name of Krishna. Krishna. You know, the Bible says, by your fruits you'll know them. Thank God there's no other name. No other name. His name is above every name. His name is to be praised. His name is to be worshipped. His name is to be spoken from the rooftops of our nation. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our nation is not going to advance without a revival. Our nation is not going to advance without people rising up in prayer with faith in the name of Jesus, asking for rain in the time of the latter rain. This nation will not prosper negotiating with terrorists. This nation will not prosper trying to be at peace with everyone. This nation will prosper. This nation will increase as the salt of the earth and as the righteousness of God stand up and call for a revival in the name above every name. There's revival in his name. There's soundness in his name. And then lastly, turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Look with me at verses 9 through 11. Are you getting anything today? Hallelujah. The name in your heart coming out of your mouth brings great results. Hallelujah. In verse 9 of Philippians chapter 2, right through verse 11. Wherefore God has highly exalted him. I'm glad he's exalted. Now notice, and given him a name, which is what? So the last thing I want you to see is this. His name is above every name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at verse 10. Therefore, at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow. We could say it like this. Every name will have to bow. If his name is above every name, then every name under his name is subject to his name. No matter what name it might be. Whether that name be arthritis or hepatitis or cancer or migraine headaches or financial lack his name is above every name that name is above depression that name is above rebellion in your home that name is above divorce that name is above recession that name is above depression it's above and that's where you and I live we live above that at the name of Jesus every knee or every name shall bow now notice this of things in heaven. How many of you know that angels aren't to be worshipped. They bow at his name. That's right, that's right, that's right. One translation says. Of beings in heaven. Yeah. And beings in earth. Right. How many of you know there's coming a day. Where every knee shall bow. Yeah. I said every knee is going to bow. And they're going to recognize. That he. Is the only true God. Yeah. That he. Is Lord of things in heaven and beings in earth and thank God that means devils under the earth yeah. read the next verse and let's do some shouting and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father stand up everybody let's thank him for his word today oh we're stirred up about his name this morning We're stirred up about answered prayer. We're stirred up about taking our dominion, taking our place in Christ. We're stirred up about soundness, spirit, soul, and body. Oh, Father, we thank you for moving mightily in our midst this morning. In the name of Jesus.